Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And I'm Matt. Hello, this is boys. A disgrace. What? What? what what's this happened? is an absolute what, disgrace. What's happened? It's a merging of the I, realms, I don't know. gentlemen. You're, you're, you're running this show. It's a merging of the realms, gentlemen. It's where all good things come together. When Raiders sides don't do their don't do their greatest work, the Raiders' greatest pods come together and make the Super Raiders Machine Green Machine podcast review <laughs> with Blake and the Pork and Mike and Matt and Nick and whoever else wants to jump on. Mate, boys, boys, it's been a big season, Porky, mate. How, what, do you, what do you make of the season that's been? Well, I've only just stopped crying um, out of Kleenexes in the house. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sort of pleased it's over. I'm pleased it's over. I mean, it's been a painful season. It's sort of like, uh, you know, we've uh, flushed, wiped and flushed after a very unpleasant experience, and now at least we can leave the commode. And Pork, uh, Pork, I just talked to you. And Blake, what about you, mate? Yeah, look, we could have we could have limped into um, another week of finals, but uh, yeah, almost almost relieved in the end that the um, the game against the Roosters was um, so comprehensive, such a comprehensive loss because um, it was just like, okay, well, that's the end of that. And if it had been a closer thing, some of those dud calls that we got during that game might have come back to hurt us. But um, yeah, they were pretty bad. It will certainly get to a review of that game soon enough. But in true Mad Monday fashion, all the hosts have come dressed up. So first of all, Nick is uh, turned up to a Raiders Mad Monday party dressed as a golden retriever. Oh, watch out for drunken fullbacks, boys. <laughs> How risque am I? <laughs> Pork, Pork looks like he's dressed as a as like a holy father, the Pope of some sort, but he's wearing a... A number seven, 1993 Canberra Raiders milk jersey that I think has got two signatures on it. It does. It has Ricky Stewart's signature on it twice. And uh, the problem is I've got it on, but because I had it in 1993, not sure I'm going to be able to get it off. <laughs> Blake's... The father, the son, and the holy halfback. What a <laughs> away. Blake has come dressed as everyone's favourite TV personality, Judge Judy as he is normally the voice of reason on the Blake and the Pork podcast. Someone, someone's got to be. But um, Pork, I thought 93-7 jersey, two signatures. One maybe Ricky Stewart and the other one Trevor Shadell. Well, Trevor was one fantastic player. I think we all agree and, and, and want to pay tribute to his fantastic career. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Matt's wearing a, tux- a tuxedo. Matt, do you ever read the invite properly, mate? Never, mate. You know my deal. I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and myself, I've got my 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 brand new Penrith Panthers jersey on with um, like at number six uh, six on the back. Luai's my man as I'm jumping right on this uh, Panthers bandwagon. All you sons of bitches who made it happen by giving me shit all year about liking how the Panthers play. Now it's happening for real. Go the Panthers. <laughs> Go! Oh no, I can't even say it. I can't even mean it. I really can't. I hate. I really hate those guys. But you know what? That's not going to change the bandwagon stuff. On that note, we're going to go into our round review.
the Raiders got absolutely pumped. Uh, and I don't actually even have the score in, in front of me, but I believe it was Roosters 40 to the Raiders. Uh, we ended up with 16 points. Yeah, okay. Um, I couldn't remember if it was 16 or 18. And if I don't know if anyone's got the stats in front of them, but it's like we expected a bit of a cluster this week. So, yeah, 15 errors is one yeah. stat. But uh, look, a lot of... All points uh, better than round 12. Yeah. It's an improvement, right? No, at uh, round 12 when we played them, there was the greatest after show of, uh, of a podcast this year. Um, when uh, the Green Machine podcast did a Facebook Live with me, Lobby, and Nick. In a, that, uh, that game was at the Central Coast, was it? Yeah, it sure was. Oh, yeah. The local derby <laughs> for yeah. us. Yeah, the only game we got to this <laughs> year, I think. There's only one problem with that um, Gosford Stadium when they play league there is it doesn't have the sauce bottles. The sauce bottles are my favourite thing about that stadium. <laughs> and the cannon. Hey, mate. Oh, I don't like know if... the cannon. No, no. So in the soccer season, they fire a cannon every time there's a goal score. But if we took it to a Raiders game, we could fire out uh, someone who's mismanaging the bench or someone who's uh, making too many errors. So I reckon it's got a place in league as well. Someone that's that's doing all the uh, extended deals for the 34-year-olds, (laughs) 35-year-olds. Yes, exactly right. All right, Porky, you're you're sitting there nice and quiet at the moment, mate. Tell us what you think of, of that loss to the Roosters. Oh... It was so dispiriting. I think the thing that pissed me off the most was, look, we didn't play well. And, you know, poor old Sammy had a bit of a shocker. But you could see from the moment they made that absolutely dreadful call when Henry Perinara did that dreadful call not to send off Latrell Mitchell, there was going to be payback coming to the Roosters' way in the form of Jared Sutton giving him our chairlift every time he could. Every 50-50, every single 50-50 went to the Roosters. And every 25-75 that was in our favour went to the Roosters. And mix that with the errors, mix that with Semi having a shocker, we were in massive trouble. But seeing someone like Adam Kieran rip us a new one. Yeah, Adam, add Adam Kieran and Drew Hutchison to the um, annals of the really ordinary players over the years that have torn us apart. Adam stick Kieran. Him there, stick him in there with, with Ben Pomeroy and uh, who else is there? There's There's plenty. Yeah. I said on our pod last week that it constantly amazes me how often the group can turn up to a critical match with their heads turned off. And it just looked like they were never actually in that game. And agree with you completely, Pork. I'm in in a way, I'm almost glad that we performed so badly because the rest decisions didn't actually come into it. But it would have been heartbreaking to play yeah. well and, and have actually lost the result on the back of some of those just just bamboozling calls at times. But uh like we 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 had the rest go against us, but having said that, everything that we did, you know, we did to ourselves. It was just a, just a limp effort in a really crucial match. Porky, I want to ask you a question, mate, in regards to Ricky Stewart. I know you're a, an outright defender. But I look, I believe at the moment he's still the best man for the job. I've um I've said that myself. Um, but for a bloke who was an attacking genius in his day. Our, the side at the moment seems to really be lacking any attacking flair. We had plenty of opportunities on the Roosters line and in Volandi's ball, as it's basically known, if you're not scoring points, you're losing games. You know, you can't have that. You've got to be taking your opportunities. And we saw multiple times on the, like there was one that was the killer for me is Jack just had to step and go. Yeah. And he was in. But um, anyway, that my, my question to you though is... Does Ricky need to bring someone in from outside of the organisation to come in and maybe teach some attack? 
Look, I think there's going to be big changes. The problem was this season, um, we were jumped by Vlandy's ball rules. The, the set restarts really jumped them. Then we lost CNK, which is, I think if you've read Dan from the Sportress's stuff, which I'm sure you have, he was bang on on this. Um, massive, massively affected our whole defensive structure, which is what we built the game on, you know, not conceding the points. But then for Georgie Williams to go mid-season... You know, he was the controlling half that let Jack do his thing. That was the death knell. That's where the attack went. I, I think there are going to be changes at the Raiders, both in personnel um, on the field and off the field. I don't know what they look like yet, but I know Ricky will be driving those changes. And the thing is, you know, people, bloody Shark supporters were giving me crap on Thursday night online. <laughs> They're giving me crap. They're saying he's, he's a failure of a coach. He's a failure of a coach. And I said, in 2008, he took your basket case of a loser bunch of footballers to equal first place, and he's a loser coach. He's, oh, you, but he didn't win. But what's your markers of success? You know, if you're the Brisbane Broncos, anything but a finals finish is complete failure. If you're West Tigers, getting to the finals, success, you know, and it's all changing. I think Ricky's knows that he's got a big job in front of him, especially as, you know, this particular roster of players has now got older, a lot older. So he needs to bring something through. But I think we saw with Tomoko, Harley Smith, Shields, Xavier Savage, there's stuff in there that's going to be really exciting. It's going to be the halfback. That's what we're looking for. What are we doing for the halfback? Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those one of those things that is dragging out, unfortunately, now. It was something that I was really hoping that we'd have sorted by this stage of the season for next year. Unfortunately, it's not to be. You talked turnover. And Maddie, I want to talk to you a little bit about this because we talked about the idea of turning players over during the week there was talk I mean we we did lose um Havili Havili's now moved on but there was talk that it was Sia's last game and then today there's talk that he's going to go around again there was talk that uh Louie might have been on his way out and then that's not nothing's been done officially there who are the blokes do you reckon that we need to turn over um to and obviously I'll won't really go into who do we need to bring in because I don't really know how many people are off contract, but what kind of player would you bring in and who would you let go? Well, everyone you've just mentioned needs to go. Um, unfortunately, as great a bloke as Seer is, I think the game's passed him by. Um, I think the same goes for Louie. I think the game's just too fast for these guys now. I think Ryan James probably fits that, that bill as well. Um, I think in his instance, I think it was a gamble we should have taken and worth the gamble, but I don't think this one's paid off. Um, my biggest worry is that it looks like we're going to re-sign both those halves, and I think I can understand why you'd keep one, but I don't understand why you'd be keeping two. Um, I would say they're the guys that need to go. Um, you know, obviously the glaring hole in our side is at number seven, and maybe maybe if we can't get a top draw guy, maybe they've got to sign two and make them fight for it. Um I, I can't, well, I mean, we've obviously discussed all of them at length, but we've got to pick a seven somewhere. Um, and I think if we roll into next year without one, that's, we, it's a write-off next year and that's that's not a way to go. Um, but as far as the rest of the squad, I think we're probably, given the experienced middles we're losing, we probably need to think about replacing it with somebody. But I also think we're short on an edge. Um, and, you know, if we're running out of spots and if, if our mate GE over on the greenhouse is true and says we've only got three or four spots left, a guy like Tarek Sims, despite the fact that he's 33, can play middle, can play edge. You might be able to uh, sort of cover two two spots with one player. Um, he played Origin this year, uh, and he does have some starch and experience about him, which is something that we don't have. 
the moment. Um, and he's always happy to lead a defensive line, even if it is taking off um, people's heads. heads. <laughs> um, just, yeah, he's only 31, Matt. 31, is it? Yeah, he's only 31. Well, that's all right then. Oh, can we just stop? We just have to stop for a second. That was glorious. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, oh, when even uh, when even other podcasts are coming in and telling you you're wrong, this is my favourite part of the show. Oh, amazing work! All right, Blake, I'll let you finish your, uh, let uh, you finish your thoughts. Well, I was going to say on the halfback front, yeah, it, it's originally we were going to re-sign Sam Williams. There was talk that he was it was a done deal. I haven't seen anything since then since it's come out that we're re-signing Matt Frawley as well. I would re-sign Matt Frawley over Sam Williams because if you're going to have one as a backup. You can bring Matt Frawley into a game. He'll kick well, as he kicked quite well in the in the game last couple of games. Um, and he'll make you know tackles. So he probably won't win you a game, but he won't lose you a game. Whereas Sam Williams, you know, against that game against Manly, well, he was such a liability. And uh, I don't think he's someone you know we want to keep as a backup. See Soliola, it's I was shocked to see that we're re-signing him. Um, obviously, he's a great club man, and we all thought that he would have a role in the club moving forward. The only thing I can possibly think is he's agreed to sign on minimum wage, and um, you know you've got to have a certain amount of blokes on minimum wage, you know, sort of effectively squad fillers who may never play. If that's the case, well, I guess I'm okay with it. But I really thought that um, at the end of that game against the Roosters, it's like okay, time to draw a line in the sand. Let's re- reinvigorate the squad, reinvent the squad. Smaller, faster forwards, you know, um, people who can play through the middle. This is where someone like a Peachy, you know, do you look at signing him as a 13 maybe? Uh, but holding on to Sia, to me, it just seems like a, a backward step. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can't argue with any of that, but I, I sort of thought today, just trying to be a little optimistic, while it's easy to get despondent of the fact that we haven't signed anybody from outside our organisation yet, we have got a fair pocket full of cash with people moving on. There's still something going to happen with Croker, whether that's this year or during next year or whatever. There's potential for some more money to be freed up. There's the Williams money. There's some some cash in the pocket. There's a lot of teams right now talking about doing cleanouts. Um, and we're the ones sitting there with a pocket full of cash. So the optimistic side of me says we're going to be in a good position to start grabbing up some some players once uh, once those cleanouts begin. So there could be a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's that's what Mulholland and you know Don Ferner would say is we we sit on our hands and we wait. These players will come onto the market and we'll be ready. There has been talk um, recently that we've made a big offer for Mitchell Pearce. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. And whether or not he'll come, I don't know. But I mean, it's a quick fix, but there's there's not too many out there, out there options out there really, yeah, even of the quick fix variety. That's the big problem, isn't it? Is like there really isn't anything. Like Pork, you've said we need a halfback as well. Out of the options that have been thrown up, your Ash Taylors, your Luke Brooks, and um, your Mitchell Pierce. I, I I'd be interested in one. Who do you think we should be chasing the most? If if any of those three, to be honest, but and also. Can we get them here? Because we've always had this this challenge of bringing established first graders to the club from other clubs. We've never had a, a very good, you know, luck with recruitment. We've always had to look kind of outside the box. I think of the three that you've talked about, um, they all have their own challenge. I would rule out Ash Taylor. I don't think he's the answer to our, to our problem, although he's the the youngest of them. 
I, I'm not sure he's got the the mindset to be the controlling half that we need to set Jack free. I think Mitchell Pearce is much older, but if we were doing the like the a la the Sydney Roosters with Cooper Cronk, he's a person who can come in and possibly take a side that has a good basis and guide them to something special. The one that Blake and I have sort of looked at was is possibly the best risk out of those is Luke Brooks because I think he, behind a decent pack, and God knows he has not had one of those of the West Tigers, but behind a decent pack, he might actually be something a lot better than we've seen. So he'd be that. But I suspect they're not going to go for any. Mitchell Pearce would be the most likely, but Newcastle has said no vehemently that he's not going anywhere, but it's the eve of the finals. I would say no too. Um, I, I would I would at this stage have Schneider give him a year in development but have Hodgson sitting going into to seven. But now with Havili going, where does that leave us for that? But I think Hodgson can kick, he can pass, he can control the side. While we're looking, put Hodjo in there for his last year because he knows the side around the place. The problem then rolls over to what the hell do you do at hooker? Yeah, I actually don't hate that idea. We've, I've talked about it before. I think um, a Hodgson-style halfback would remind me a little bit of when Jason Smith came in and filled that role. Um, I, I think that's and as a maybe a stopgap solution that might be the way to go and it's not that long ago we were all basically assuming that Hodgson wasn't even going to be at the side next year but that all seems to have settled down and uh so far so good looks like he's sticking around um Pork I'm going to throw to you mate because that's realistically we've talked zero about that Roosters game and that's probably for the best but um speaking of uh Speaking of important things, you guys have got a player of the year to announce. Yes, we do. We do. And um, I think, Blake, you've uh, got something special in this regard, don't you, mate? In in, in what way? In what way? In, in what way? Well, in, in perhaps that, you know, our, our player of the season this year is someone that when we were doing in review at the beginning of the season, who we thought our best 17 was, I constantly had this vision in my eyes of the prelim last year with Jordan Rappiner just constantly chasing and looking old and slow. And I thought to myself, yeah, but he was, maybe he's past his best. He was buff. He came off of 2019. He was very busted when he went to Japan. Then he was, you know, he didn't have a proper preseason, but at the start of this season, he had. I didn't a, had... see him in the top. I didn't see him in the top seventeen, and I called it that way. I said, I'm, "I, you know, I hate to see it, but I think he's not our but best seventeen. Well, the, the, the most ridiculous. He's clearly thing about... the best player in 2021. Yeah, the most ridiculous thing about your call was the week before we recorded that episode was the trial at Seafit against the Roosters, and he looked fantastic. And he actually he made a break and he he ran quite freely. I mean, he wasn't the fastest player on the field, but he he did look good. So yeah, Jordan Rapper, he's. He's the Blake and the Pork Player of the Year. I'm assuming he's the Green Machine Podcast Player of the Year. He's the Greenhouse Player of the Year. And, of course, he won his first ever... Oh, there you go. First ever... <laughs> first ever uh, Meninga Medal, which which is def- was definitely overdue. But are, are we going to go into Ask Man of the Year now? To, we he's, will. The first, he's the first okay. winger to ever, ever win the Meninga Medal. That's awesome. But, look, I'll, I'll be honest. As far as our uh, Player of the Year goes, we don't even know... Um, we put we do our voting throughout the year, give our three, two, ones throughout the year, and then in about I don't know round eighteen or so, we kind of go behind closed doors and leave that all to our captain of the bench, JB, behind the scenes. So we don't even know. We'll be doing our little awards uh, ceremony next oh, next week soon, 
some point soon anyway. Right. But right. Um, so we've still got another podcast it's, to go this year, but uh, we don't know. But I think right. Rapper will definitely be right up there. It's it's like one of those ones where like the Logies or whatever they get Price Waterhouse Cooper or one of those accounting firms, you know, to to, to look after it. And they just deli- you'll just get delivered in a in a suitcase on the night. Well, look at it this way: last year, um, Jack Whiten won the Dalian Player of the Year, and he didn't even get our Player of the Year, and he was more shattered that he missed the gong on our end. I'm getting the Dally M. I mean, he's. It's, that's why he won't come on the podcast. Is what I'm told. That's why. <laughs> that's my. God, I thought he can't even win. That's we've yeah. we've we've made the bloke shirts. We've made we've made the bloke shirts. We've um, you know, given him a nickname, and he's just uh, he's just he's just fobbing us off, which is no good. Um, yeah. So no rapper, an absolute. Uh, you know, well-deserved. I think he'll be up there very close. He'll be up there very close. Believe it or not, uh, Ryan Sutton was actually leading our player of the year when we went behind closed doors. Uh, On that note, we are going to go to the one and only, I've always wanted to introduce this guy, the one and only half-brother of Ricky Stewart, Danny Stewart. Yeah, this is Danny Stewart. The uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <coughs> well, first of all, I just want to uh, acknowledge how heartwarming and refreshing it is to see uh, two absolute giants of the uh, Raiders podcast going join forces. Uh, who knows, someone might uh, actually hear this tremendous segment for once. <coughs> In regards to the uh, Raiders season, uh, fuck me, uh, the less said the. Uh, uh, the better. Uh, the only positive I can glean from it is that uh, we finished uh, top four on the only uh, ladder I give a stuff about, and that's the uh, BATB ladder. <coughs> now, those that are fans of this segment uh, for a while will know that the BATB ladder is the uh, the bounce of the ball ladder, and uh, we're firmly entrenched in the four in that. <coughs> now, in regards to the other uh, BS swirling around uh, this week about Tommy Turbo and... Uh, you know, all this crap about him having the greatest season since uh, Benny Barber and uh, Jared Hayne and uh, stuff like that. That's all well and good, but uh, what's really grinding my gears is the uh, lack of acknowledgement for uh, uh, this 2011 season of uh, former Raiders great Nathan Massey. <coughs> oh, the six games, uh, amazing uh, stretch of form he had there will uh, live long in my uh, memory, and I'm sure many uh, Raiders fans' memories. memories. <coughs> uh, I'll never forget the... Uh, Incredible cutout pass he threw to uh, Joey Picker at the uh, SFS against the Roosters in 2011 there in the uh, Raiders thumping 38-12 win. I'm sure uh, uh, all Raiders fans out there know the exact pass I'm talking about. <coughs> uh, it's been a lot of fun this uh, this year, Raiders fans, and until next year, go you green machine. Our talking point this week is where the serious stuff comes into the fray. All the things that, you know, boys, pork, like on your show, you've, you've, you've got a tagline. The third best Raiders podcast out there. Third most popular. Third most popular Raiders podcast. We never said best. say anything about best. No, never best. Third most popular. Now, I know, I know Blake's been um, getting the old uh, measuring stick out lately and, uh, and having a bit of a measure because he's trying to... He, I've heard him claim that you guys might be number two. So our talking point this week is who is what rank in the podcast wars? It's a, it's a, it's a very important talking point. Now, uh, I'm going to throw to you, Blake, with your well, first thoughts. Well, you know, 
when we said we were number two, we also said you guys were number one. So, because initially, the whole third most popular thing came about was because I, when I started the podcast as a department, there was a friend of mine said, "Hey, I hear you do a Raiders podcast." And um, I said, yeah, he said, how's it going? I said, it's the third most popular Canberra Raiders <laughs> podcast. Because at the time, there was Behind the Limelight, you guys and us. And so he went, oh, that's great. How many Raiders podcasts are there? I was like, oh, there's three. Of course, <laughs> since then, since then, you know, yeah, things have changed. But well, but I had always assumed that um, Behind the Limelight was, was the most popular. And then you guys were second and then we were third. But I think you guys could be number one now. I'm not sure that anyone really listens to Behind the Limelight. Well, I know, I know, Pork, I know you actually, you gave us a bit of, like, to on a serious note, you gave us a, a, some real props early in the piece of quite a while ago and called us number one. Look, I, 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 I think all that's garbage. Like, I know, I think we're all just in it and we all, to be honest, the fact anyone listens to us is because we follow a great team. And that's, uh, that's why people listen because of the, the fact that we've basically jumped on a bandwagon and, and get all our listeners basically from people who are already supporters. But there are some important things to say. Now, we've actually gone out there. We've actually sourced some audio from, from some of the other podcasts. You know, not Raiders, not Raidercast. They're gone. They were the first, they were the first Raiders podcast. They, they're gone now. They didn't last. We came in next, and we are still the longest running. Then we had Bad and Mean. They're gone. Behind the Limelight came in as the official Raiders podcast, and we have a little bit of audio from them. We've got um, – who have we got? We've got Ben Pollock, I believe, uh, yep. coming on to, to give us a bit of a spiel about where they think they fit in the Raiders podcast rankings. G'day, everyone. Ben and Pollock here from the Behind the Limelight podcast – the Raiders' official podcast. Now, does official make us number one? I'm not sure. Uh, that's up for the listeners to make that decision. And I'm not sure exactly how many of you listen to all of the Raiders' podcasts, but I can say that any podcast that talks up the Green Machine or talks about the Green Machine is very welcome, in my opinion. So to all of the other podcasts out there, thank you for your support during this season. I know there's an unofficial ranking system out there, and I think my good mate Raider Nick, who has uh, helped us pioneer the Behind the Limelight podcast, is taking number two as his position, and uh, rightly so. Nick's got a good insight into the green machine, and he has a good uh, connection with a lot of the current and past players. So Nick does a great job. Uh, I'm sure that there's many out there that uh, enjoy listening to all of the podcasts. We've also got, of course, the Blake and the Pork podcast, Timmy Gore, who I know and have known for many years, a passionate Raiders man who loves spending all of his weekend down there at GIA Stadium when he can. He's the first man to get there from any of the media, and he's probably the last media representative to leave at the ev ev end of every game as well, and certainly wears his heart on his sleeve on the sideline, um, rides every play like the rest of us. So, that's the other podcast, and of course, the Green Machine podcast, which I believe this recording is going to. Uh, these guys have been around forever. Uh, I can remember listening to them uh, when they first come online a few years back, and um, passion definitely rips through this podcast. I know that they're not scared to have an opinion, which you know, out there in the fandom of rugby league world is more and uh, truly appreciated uh, and supported. But uh, from the Raiders' perspective, uh, just again, just wanted to give a shout out to all podcasts uh, that help promote our great club. 
I know it's been a pretty disappointing year, but hopefully we see you all back in 2022, ready to do it all again. Cheers for now, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You, you just got to love Benny Pollock. Um, you know, good. You know, I'm one of the people who does. I do. I do listen to. Uh, Behind the limelight, uh, I love Benny Pollock. Bullshit. I love <laughs> you, you don't listen to any of them, mate. The only one you listen to is our one because you love the sound of your own voice. <laughs> I, I, I run into wise Blake. I don't even listen to ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say something to him like, no, no, no. But, but in all fairness, Benny Pollock is one of the nicest blokes around the club. Um, he's been around there oh, over a decade now, well over a decade. He's as passionate about the Green Machine as anyone. And I can tell you he has frank views as well, but like some of us. Um, he does. He bites his Yeah, head. Yeah, he's, he, he's inside the tent pissing out mm. rather than outside the tent pissing in, and that's the rules, you know. Um, yeah. But he is a very passionate supporter of the Canberra Raiders, and he does his very best, and I, for one, think he's outstanding. Yeah. Look, he, he recognises me at the park now, which is kind of scary. Like, he'll, he'll dead set, come and say hello, because he knows who I am, which is weird. But, cool. Yeah. Well, you're a star, so that's why you yeah. know, right? Surely surely you've been on that podcast, Matt. You've been on every Wish. other podcast. That's about the only one I haven't been on. He, <laughs> he, he probably recognises you from Greenhouse Live. Yeah, he, does. Yeah, he, he calls, he calls yeah. you Sean, right? <laughs> Damn it, no. Greenhouse Greenhouse Live. That was the one that I'd forgotten that's yeah. been and gone. Have you, yeah. got, have you got rid of that terrible Anzac Day jumper, man? They've just got bad memories. That was yeah, a yeah, yeah. Game. I got, I've got one of the new milk ones. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's right, we're all going to chip in and crowdfund one, weren't we? we How you bad, were, yes. Can I tell you, one of my greatest disappointments of this year is that we have this fantastic fucking jersey that's just gone to waste on such a terrible year. It was only mm. a one-off. We can't come back and do it next year. All you know, we'll get to your your sponsor segment right towards the end of the podcast. But it's just such a disappointment to see that jersey come and represent such a such an ordinary year. But I still love the jersey and and, and will always. Uh, okay. On that note, we are going to go to the other other Raiders podcast. A man who. Speaks very highly of himself. <laughs> We're talking about the Raider Nick podcast. Here's Raider Nick. Howdy. Raider Nick here. Now, fighting for position two for the best Canberra Raiders podcast is the Raider Nick podcast. But blow that up. We're number one. The Raider Nick podcast is the best. It's the number one Canberra Raiders podcast going around. I'll tell you why. Wisdom from our current commentators from the Raiders on Mixed Team. Myself, Raider Nick, and Phil Small, 30 years in the game, covering the Raiders on radio, television, and now a weekly podcast, as well as the Raiders on Mix weekly call team. Now, I tell you, we've got the former greats, Paul Ozzy Osborne, a weekly panellist, the 94 grand final hero, full stop. And when he can't get in, the best Rugby League, hang on, the best podcast ringing of all time, The Brick With Eyes. Glenn Lazarus, can't wait to jump on the mic and give our listeners a peace of mind. Our listeners that reach four figures weekly when it comes to downloads, we talk to the current players. They give us their peace of mind. We talk to the ex-greats, the green soldiers that have gone to war in the past and have brought back the medals. Brought back the golds. 
current players, ex-players that are now NRL opposition coaches, giving us insight on their club and also reminiscing on the great times in the Green Jumper. We've got giveaways, all recorded and brought to you by iHeartRadio, straight from the studios at Canberra FM. <laughs> but in all seriousness... It's great to be a part of the movement. It's great to be a part of the team of podcasters that we all are. Huge emotional investment still with the Behind the Limelight podcast. I helped conceive that baby. Benny Pollock and, of course, Tommy Logan. Always tune in to the boys. Timmy Gore, of course, Porky. Great point of difference. Great analytical touch. And, of course, the OG Raiders podcast, this one, the Green Machine podcast, the original and the best, I reckon, is a great fellas, great Raiders men, and great podcasters. Always remember, stay bad, stay mean, and stay green. You know what I mean? Thank you for that, Raider Nick. We always enjoy hearing you talk yourself up. And in a completely unrelated note, it is time for Ask Clown of the Week. So Ask Clown of the Week, the, the, probably the most popular of all the um, Blake and the Pork segments. Uh, Sorry. We- Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We've got to do this right. Um, how do we? Because you guys have got your actual intros and you guys do them all live. I, I just hit a button for hours and I didn't give that enough right, justice. Right, right. So give us a come on, give all us right. a, give us an ask clown of the week. Ask clown of the week. Yeah, you always got to cut the volume after that. I like it. I like it. All so right, good. so. We've all got different ask clowns of the week. I'm going to go to you, to you, Porky. What's your, who's your ask clown of the week? Well, I had quite a few to choose from this week. I always, you know, fall back on Jared Sutton. Complete ask clown, um, utter ask clown. Graham Mannersley, ask clown. Fantastic ask clown. But this week, having just listened to that, Raider Nick, you've got to be my ask clown of the week because that was absolutely fantastic. Now, I want you to know it's not all bad. Raider Nick is an extremely good-looking man. Just ask him. Personally, I thought we had the the true Raider Nick on this podcast. And on that note, uh, Raider I think, Nick. I the think actual... I'm, I'm the taller Raider Nick as well, by the way. Probably. Easily, easily the tallest Raider Nick. Without any question, without any shadow of a doubt, I'd say my ask clown of the week. I'm I'm going to make a little assumption that it's Don Ferner, but whoever's in head office that keeps on um, extending aging players' contracts uh, <laughs> years ahead of the, when they're actually required, I'm just struggling to get my head around it. We're in the midst of dealing with a busted uh, croaker who's a club legend, love him to death, but man, we've got some coin wrapped up in that busted knee. We've also signed on uh, Elliot Whitehead a year ahead of when his contracts run out, when he's slowing down and uh, looking slightly vulnerable. It's on okay. The... He's going to move into the prop rotation. Of course he is. He's, he's definitely <laughs> got really the... is. And when, <laughs> and when he goes in the front about... row, you will all apologise to me. <laughs> just, just to clarify, 13 is not the front row. <laughs> Let's just lay that down right now. <laughs> but uh, And now there's talk of Sia signing on for another year. And I, I just, this game is getting young and fast and we keep on signing old and slow. So whoever's uh, writing those contracts up is my Ask Clown of the Week. Matty, who's yours? Well, I had a couple to choose from. and I, I feel like picking on the Warriors is is a bit sad. So we'll leave their punch-ups where they, where they landed. Um, I'm going to back the dude on Facebook that had uh, backed all the try scorers in the Manly Seagulls game only to pick the score and needing the uh, unders for 58 and a half to come up. 
and they had the video live and the kick was going dead and Garrick's chasing it into the in goal and they're all thinking he's just going to run it dead and they're cheering and jumping around. All of a sudden, one of them realises he's picked the ball up and starts running back the other way and then all of a sudden everyone stops and then they watch and then they point and then the hair starts getting pulled and all of a sudden Tobojevic is just falling over the try line and they all start crying. I just think that's, that's a good way to close 6K. Yeah, the... The, the joy of that, although I did see a multi on the weekend that was insane. It was like the Bulldogs to win to nil and the, and Titans, the Titans to win to, win to nil. nil. And they, mm. off the dollar, grand. they made 13 grand. Just just incredible. Um, but gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> okay, Blake, your turn. Who was your Ask Clown of the Week? Well, I'll back Nick up a little bit on the um, the recruitment policy of the Raiders I think over 30 year old players one year deal it's like none of this you're 32 let's have a three year deal when you you still got a year running on your deal it reminds me of the time when you know we re-signed Don Ferner extended his his deal unnecessarily it's like not like as though anyone else was going to poach him and it feels like that with you know Jared Croker and Elliot Whitehead and now Sia they're great servants and you want to show reward some degree of loyalty and show to the younger players of the club yeah we're not going to you know cast you out at the first opportunity but yeah excessively long deals I'm going to go straight to Ask Clown of the Year I've already awarded oh, oh no, I haven't done my Ask Clown of okay. the Week yet come do on your, do your Ask Clown of the Week far out I was already I got something you're just jumping ahead of me we can't you don't go to the year before everyone's done the week my goodness what kind of gimmicky show are you running over there <laughs> <laughs> we've okay. already presented Ask Clown of the Year but anyway <laughs> <laughs> alright my Ask Clown of the Week my Ask Clown of the Week goes to Shark's Twitter. So <laughs> Shark's Twitter on Thursday night was, was okay, they were straight up humbugging the Emre Ghoulies of the Roosters. They were all over it. They were giving it to the Raiders only to lose as well and have the Titans take their spot. So I've got a soft spot, not for the Sharks, but for some Sharks fans. My brother's a Sharks fan. My cousin's a Sharks fan, and I kind of want them to be all right. But you know what? I took so much joy out of seeing the Titans jump them. So, Sharks Twitter, you are my Ask Clown of the Week. And with no further ado, Blake. Presenting the 2020 Ask Clown of the Year. I've already preempted it. Did Henry you say Perrin- 2020? 2021. I did say 2020. I think we're all just understanding that 2021 never existed. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> 2021, Henry Perinara really made a strong late case to take out the award, but I think that the the clincher, the pork, has been an early favourite throughout the year for Ask Clown of the Year, and I think the uh, Jordan Rapana getting the Melbourne Ingram Medal that was that was really the, the clincher. So 2021 Raiders review with Blake and the Pork Ask Clown of the Year, the Pork. Bringing home and, the bacon. And, and in case in case anyone missed it, and you know, obviously not everyone who listens to this show, hopefully. Uh, you know, listens to our show. We've actually got a clip to play of of, of Pork riding off uh, Rappiner early in the season. <laughs> I love it. Where's Rappiner? Rappiner's proven his place to get back into the side from reserve grade. What? He's I saw the of... greatest winger. He was was I... was. <sighs> well, I stand by my comments at the time. I thought I was right. Uh, clearly, I was completely and utterly wrong. Um, and I'm proud to accept this uh, award for Ask Clown of the Year 2021. I, I am proud. I'm pleased that Jordan Rappin approved me wrong in such an emphatic way because if he hadn't, God knows how bad the season would have been. 
Yeah, and and also we've got another bit to play. I paid um fifty dollars to um to Brett Finch on Swish to send a shout out to the pork as well. Fifty bucks for Brett Finch, unbelievable value. I'm sure he's gone up since then. G'day, pork. It's Finchy. How you going, mate? Um, Blake sent me a message. Um, he said you're a Raiders fan. I'm not sure a Raiders fan, but he thought he needed a Raiders legend. Think Stewart, think Daly, think Meninga. Let's go straight to the top. Think the Finch man. Um, and what, so I want to congratulate you as uh, you're actually Blake's ass clown for 2021. Now, it's pretty good effort to uh, win our ass clown of the year, considering we're only seven months into the year or just completed the seventh month. So great work, Paul. Ass clowns, great achievement. Um, better than winning nothing. Uh, fancy thinking that Jordan Rapana was washed up. Should have been first grade, fuck me. Only an ass clown would think that. Um, anyway, brother, I hope you're all well. Hang in there with the lockdown. Um, stay out of trouble. Um, and once again, welcome to the Ass Clown Gang. I'm the king. Who's got a lift? Who? Well, in this season, for who's got a lift 2021, um, I think it's a fairly obvious one. Um, we love you. Uh, I think you call him the god of football. What but it's Jackie Boy White and got a lift. Got a lift. Not lifting much for a you know, while. You know, he's got year. so much. No, look, but look, he, he came back a lot better in the back end of the season. I think he really missed having a controlling half. It wasn't in a position where he could be his best, but that hard running piece of iron that we've come to know over the last couple of seasons just was absent. And it was really hard for the side to go well without him. Everyone's allowed to have a downtime, but Jack, you got to lift. I don't think that we ever really did. I mean, you've kind of referred to George Williams um, as a running sort of controlling half a couple of times. He never really was though, was he? I mean, he never really was that style of a, of a Cleary or, you know what I mean? He never, or a Cooper Cronk or, he always was a runner himself and we kind of had two running halves, but the theory was Hodgson was the one that was controlling it all. Yeah, that's but, my who's got a lift is Josh Hodgson. And I know he's one of the more talented blokes in the field, but if you've got an eight or $900,000 hooker that isn't obviously your starting and best hooker, when someone like Starling's knocking down the door and, and driving our forward pack a bit quicker around, I reckon he's the guy that's got a lift. And if he's if he's playing to his price tag as the, the next best thing since Cameron Smith, then I reckon Jack has a much better year as well. Can we do a... Can we make a segment called Who's Gotta Shut Up? Which is like everyone with the media. Like, leave that stuff inside, in-house. Like, all these guys. Like, if it's Ricky talking to Kent, mate, he, he just need, he needs, he needs to zip it a little bit. But the players as well. Some of that, that was a really hard part of the season when we were losing and all we had was bad public. Losing's bad enough. But to come out and see all the unrest, and a lot of it seems to have settled, which is nice. Well, but... I, I think one of the reasons why that the, it, it did settle and then the focus went away from us because all those Daily Telegraph journalists went back to focusing on the West Tigers. You know, again, the West Tigers were a, a debacle and you had St. George and the barbecue and that took a lot of the heat off the Raiders and we got to sort of fly under the radar a bit. But yeah, I don't think all the, ricking, all the, all the leaking came from Ricky. I think some of it came from other people as well. And... and Judge Hodgson had his nose very much put out of joint by the um, assertion that was, you know, he, he had um, he had uh, Paul Kent saying on NRL 360 that, you know, Josh Hodgson overplayed his hand and everything else. And obviously Hodgson took that 
as though it had come straight from Ricky. We'd all been saying that. Any yeah. Raiders fan had been saying that. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and the other, the other the other leaking was that um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the other bit of leaking was that Jared Croker's is a spent force again. You don't need Ricky Stewart to tell you if you're a journalist and you need to Ricky Stewart to tell you that. I mean, Paul Crowley's not a very good journalist, but I mean, even he probably can see that with his own eyes without it necessarily being a leak from the club. But yeah. once you have this narrative that there's leaks around, um, you know, it just it just gets out there and it's it's just accepted wisdom. And then you start reading all the comments from other supporters, of fans. Oh, I'd hate to be a player at you know the Canberra Raiders, why would any player go there? Because they'll just be undermined. And it's a bad narrative. And yeah, you, we want to move on from it. There's a lot coming from players and everything as well. Like Hodjo's come out twice with uh, our two issues. He, he came out after the George Williams thing and, and you know, felt like he had to go and make a statement. Then he came out after the Curtis Scott thing and felt like he needed to make a statement. And we had two of the partners of players come out and make social media things, one of which got picked up. Uh, and run with one which very luckily didn't um there's just <laughs> there's just noise that's been floating through that whole middle and, and it's yeah you're right it's absolutely not all ricky but it's all coming somewhere from the players the squad uh, the players the managers um or the the management staff and it's just unnecessary noise yeah. and you, you don't hear that from successful organizations no, but it but it doesn't happen when you're successful yeah yeah you know i mean when you're yeah. winning everyone's happy and there's no and as soon as you start losing that's why West Tigers are always leaking. All these clubs are always leaking, and you know because they're perennially unsuccessful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. I still think who's got to shut up has some legs as a se- as a segment. <laughs> and, um, some of these people on Twitter and Instagram, they could shut up. Some of these coaches could shut up. And some of these journalists can really shut the Kent up. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So. Let's move on. Let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw to our our good friend and your good friend uh, Lord Funkington. Is he got a is he got a spot for us this week, Blake? He does. All right, here he is, Lord Funkington. G'day, Raiders fans and all you other scrubbers. It's Lord Funkington here for the last time this year. Uh, you might hear again. I'm driving around again, looking for a hotel that'll take me in during lockdown because Mrs. Funkington's kicked me out of the house. Uh, it seems to be a weekly occurrence. She's done it again, and I feel I need to tell you why. Uh, this week, uh, Blake and the Pork told me that it's a joint podcast with the Green Machine podcast. And so I said to Mrs. Funkington when we were doing our strategic planning for this section that, hey, uh, this is going to be part of uh, the Green Machine podcast with Salzy, Mike, Mike, everyone, you know. And she said, get out. I said, what? She said, get out. I said, what? She said, are you getting paid for that? Are you getting paid what Blake and the Pork are going to give you? I said, well, of course not. You know, we're giving a battler a leg up, doing their best. They don't have songs. They don't have characters. You know, they do their best. They do a bit of analysis about the Raiders and the shit show that's been the season 2021. She said, get out! Get out! So here I am, in the car, uh, reflecting on a 2021 season that didn't promise a whole lot <laughs> after a few weeks, and then it delivered even less. Um I guess the only good thing that I will take out of season 2021 is Jordan Rapana's Malmeninga medal. And I believe, I don't know if anyone listened to the stream online, but uh, you could hear him say, I want to dedicate this to Tim Gore, uh, the self-proclaimed expert uh, who obviously knew that this is what was going to happen. He didn't want me at the Raiders. And now, now look at me. Have a look at me, Tim Gore. You know, it was pretty biting. A lot of people in the room didn't understand what that meant because... Like in the pork, he's only the third highest uh, rating Raiders podcast. But hey, if you know, you know. 
and real ones new. It was a really disappointing season. We really need a big off season where Rick retools and re, uh, reworks the plan because Landis ball isn't going away and the Raiders need to be a lot better at it. Folks, thanks for all your, all your attention during the year, all the abuse, all the love. I love it all. Thanks, Salty, for having us on your uh, high-rating podcast. And uh, thanks to everybody. Go you Raiders. Next year, round one, Raiders by 56. And following straight up from uh, from Lord Funkington, everybody's favourite shark, it's the shark attack. Yeah, what's up? Shark here again. Well, another season ends. Another year of miserable existence as a fan of the Canberra Raiders. Another miserable chapter of my meaningless life comes to a close. With no premiership, not even finals footy. It's like the season doesn't even exist anymore. It's like life has no point I've been sitting in my room for the last few days, curled up in a ball. I haven't eaten, haven't really slept. You know, lockdown doesn't really mean shit to me right now. You know, who cares if it ever ends? I mean, what's the point of life? What's the point of living? You know, as a born and raised Canberra boy, you know, as you can tell by my accent, my mannerisms, my alcohol intake, uh, you know, this is just another day in life. But, uh, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see if the Raiders are they're up for the test next season. But you know what? I'm in it for the long haul. Not like some people on a podcast that we're, we're doing a little thing with right now. Some people. Some bandwagoners. Like you, Solzy. You know who I'm talking about. Solzy? Yes, John. I've come to kill you. That's right. Nick? Matt? Yes, John. I've come to... No, I'm not going to do that. But I now have meaning in life. I'm going to spend the next few months plotting to destroy you, Green Machine Podcast. Yep, you've heard her here. You're done. Number two? Is that what you think you are? That's... You got a lot of balls. We are number two, all right? You're also number two in a different meaning. You know, you know that other thing. So yeah, now I feel energized. Let's do this! Ride the snake to the lake. Go you green things. Alright, I'm gonna take some peyote. You might not see me for a few years. Bye-bye, love you all. Enjoy the off-season. And thanks for that, Shark. And I'm, uh, I'm sure that downfall will come swift and quickly. And I'd also like to give my ass Clown of the Week not only to Shark's Twitter, but Sharky on Twitter and wherever else he may go. Do not buy that man's music. Do not go to his shows. <laughs> we, we were lovely enough to have him on this, on this <laughs> podcast. And here he is plotting against us. It's, there's no loyalty with the Shark. That's what we've said all along. I mean, I've been trying to kick him off our show pretty much since he first came on.
So I guess we got we we had it right. We had him on once, and then we go, yeah, this isn't working out. No, no more Green Machine podcast. That's how he ended up with Lobby on League on the Fireplace. I'm sure of it. Mate, he's more of a podcast slut than you are, and that's saying something. Mm. <laughs> okay, boys, this has been our favourite new segment of the year. Let's give it up for Savage. So our, our our segment that we brought on this year, guys, um, is Savage Watch. Now, we know you're jealous that you didn't think of this fantastic idea first. So uh, we've jumped on and we've had Savage Watch. And we've had such a, a massive influence on this uh, young player's career that he's gone from, from SG Ball all the way to first grade this year. And it all happened after we introduced this magnificent segment. Yeah. And then he copped a season-ending injury, so maybe you're part of that as well. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But and we, look, we Especially didn't have Especially given a... his theme song came out after his shoulder got done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, whose side are you on? Get out of here. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we've... Um, let's, let's have a look forward. Like this year's been a year... We've actually made Savage Watch go beyond Savage and basically on to the next up-and-comers. And this year's been a year for up-and-comers. Well, there's a lot of blokes that played first grade this year that have had a bit of injuries, but I think are going to be regular first graders or very likely regular first graders next year. Guys like Xavier Savage, guys like Harley Smith-Shields, guys like Matt Tomoko. Um, uh, there's a young bloke like Trey Mooney is waiting in the wings and just waiting for his spot. There's a, a lot of young blokes coming up and pork, you talked about having a bit more time to adjust to the rules and having a lot more young players next year. Like these guys really are our future. Yeah. And they're fast. And you, you know, how many times we hear this after Xavier's one and only match this year, you can't, well, second match actually he came on first, didn't he? Um, but his first full match, you can't coach speed. And as much as that's such a trite thing for for commentators to say, it is absolutely bloody true. And when you see Matt Tomoko or Harley Smith Shields or Xavier Savage particularly take off, um, and I think the biggest joy I had in the in the Xavier Savage brief cameo in the season was watching uh, CHN actually know what to do with him. And doing those things, I don't even know if you remember a young Bradley Clyde. He used to run, get his nose through two tacklers, and as he was going down, loop up the offload. Watching CHN do that to Xavier Savage, I thought, we've got that going. We can beat anybody, anybody at all. I just, like, he was he was so freaking fast. But Matt Tomoko had a few nervous moments, but really looks like he's got the intent. Harley Smith-Shields, he's great, just ask him. And, you know, Seb Chris has some issues in defence, Oh, he's a lovely bloke. I get on with him. But yeah, just ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> um, um, and I know Seb Chris got some trouble in defence, but there's a lot of upside to him as well. And I think you're dead right about Trey Mooney. I think I wanted to actually see him yeah. in one of the games this year. Um, and we're forgetting again because he got injured, but we're forgetting about um, Harry Rushton. Harry mm-hmm. Rushton had just started. He was always a development project, but he just started turning the corner when the lockdown came, when he was actually looking like, you're going to get a run soon, kid, because he was really putting in. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of upside here. It comes down to that number seven jersey and how we do that. Yeah, absolutely. And 
speaking of sevens, we've got a, a young bloke named Brad Schneider who had a debut, but it wasn't much of a debut. I was actually, it's a big disappointment of mine that he wasn't given a little bit more of a chance. I'm sure Ricky had his reasons for that. Um, and I think he wants him to spend a bit more time under a, uh, under a more experienced halfback. But yeah, look, I, I think I don't understand why he got a debut and then wasn't given a full debut like a Savage was. But I think, did he even play even that much New South Wales Cup? Because at the start of the year, it was Frawley and Sam Williams in New South Wales Cup. But um, definitely mm-hmm. the, the, the bright sparks of the season is, is definitely, you know, it's Xavier Savage, it's, it's Matt Tomoko, and it's Harley Smith-Shields. At the start of the year, one of the things we said on our show at a sort of season preview was we had a real strength in the forwards and our concern and our perceived weakness was the outside backs. Well, now we've got to the end of end of this season. I'm like, the outside backs look great. You know, there's there's a lot of promising signs there. There's there's speed, there's youth. They've hit the ground running, but it's actually outside of um of Papalihi and Tarpani. Well, the rest of the bench is looking really worrisome. You know, and in terms of players, um, maybe not being suited to Vlandy's ball, Horsburgh is another one that I'm concerned about you know he's didn't look great those last two games he came back to the team so yeah hopefully Trey Mooney and, and Harry Rushton do come into the side next year and you know they, they look as though they've got that that mobility which a, a Corey Hosborough lacks I just really hope Papa Lee changes his name back to Papali because really our season turned to shit when he and Charles Nickel Klockstad changed their names <laughs> at the beginning of the year it was all downhill from then Papali was heaps better than yeah Papa. but the course of a year. Conversely, Jordan, uh, what is, Jordan Rappana is a better player than Jordan Rappana. Touche, touche. <laughs> look, uh, but you look, you look going forward to the pack going forward. I hear what you're saying about the bench, Blake. But next season, if you're looking at the front row, you've got Papali'i. I reckon Rhino Sutton's a very good chance to be the other front row forward. Maybe Emre Gould, I don't know. Maybe Tom Stanley's going to be at nine. <laughs> Maybe why did you you laugh at me? You all laugh at me. Wait till it freaking happens. Wait till it happens, and then you'll laugh. You know who scored our try, our first try last week, doing a hard ball run. It was Elliot Whitehead. Was, was, was that front row run? Yeah, it think. was. And, and anyone would have thought he was some kind of yeah, ball. yeah. But it was a front row run anyway. And then in the back row, you got CHN, and you got and you've got Hudson Young. And then locking the scrum, you got Joe Tarpane or something along those lines. That's a bloody good pack. No. So what we've got to do is I, have some I of those young kids getting on. I absolutely think we've got to get props out of that 13 jersey the way this game yeah. played. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We've, we've got amazing, an amazing prop rotation with four big boys and full quality, but we've just got to get rid of that prop in the 13 and use someone like a Peachy or yep. a Hodgson or someone yep. who can actually ball play. Now, potentially, that's where Whiten can fit. That's not quite a prop. Uh, but he can he can come in the middle and actually have a bit of ball play. I'll I'll pay that. Um, but we've got to get rid of playing big poppers in thirteen. The game's well, got away from it. The the feature of the game against the Roosters, I really thought, was we started off strongly, and then when um, Tarpani and Papalihi came off, we absolutely fell off a cliff. And so there's such a, a the, the other guys really aren't playing well. And I think throughout the season, if you looked at Ricky, he really tinkered with how is the best way to use those guys, whether you start one on the bench and one comes on and who starts on the bench and who comes on first. or And then I think towards the end of the season, he realised that if you don't have a good start under Volandi's ball, you you lose the momentum and you, you, you can't compete at all. So that's why he went with 
those two both starting, but yeah, that's a big problem moving forward. I know there was a, I mean, this is all way off Savage Watch, but I know there was a little bit of talk of bringing um, Junior Paulo back. And like for me, he and Papali are like kind of similar, sorry, Papali'i are very similar players. And I can, I can see something like that working. I thought he actually went to another level when he went back to Parramatta, but then he's kind of gone off the boil a little bit, but he's an offloading, he's an offloading forward. And I think you need that second phase play in this kind yeah. of game. He so, does that. He does that big shift as well though, mm-hmm. which, which Papa, our Papa doesn't really do as yeah, well or as much. But like James mean, Graham, like almost playing in the middle as the, as the halfback doing that one. Yeah. yeah, I just mean the idea of having someone who can actually take up the slack a bit when we lose someone like Papali. Oh, he'd be you know? great. He's he's a great player. It'd be great to have back. Yeah, I, look, I, it all went very quiet very quickly after that, but I just know there was a little bit of talk of it. Um, but speaking of our favorite, when our favorite news segment this year was Savage Watch. One of the one of my favorite things I heard from you guys this year. I want to want to go back in time a little bit because. This year, we saw an excellent documentary on our coach, Ricky Stewart, and uh, an even better follow-up on Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork with Ricky, part two. Coming soon to Fox League by popular demand, Ricky, part two. Isn't this going to be an absolute cracker? All the best bits that didn't make the cut for part one. The dummy spits. Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? The blow-ups. Well, if you think it's a spear tap, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be a journalist in rugby league. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm not here for the parents. The texters. I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texts. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. The blokes hurting. I've got a devastated bunch of boys in there who are busting their gut at the moment. All season they have. Even when we get beaten by 50, they've been putting in. And it hurts me to see them hurt. It really does. <clears throat> the walkouts. I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the, the, the way that game panned out because I'll get fined. So uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. In the throat clearing. Bear with me with uh, my voice. <clears throat> but if I, uh, if I didn't come here, you know, people think I uh, was hiding. <clears throat> but um, just excuse me for it. We've got it all. We'll be an absolute bull terror. It still hasn't gone to air. We were waiting. I don't know. They're holding it back till after the grand final. Or... <laughs> yep, absolutely. I've got to tell you, there was a lot of work put into that, finding all those upsots and all that stuff. A lot, a lot, a lot of work went into that from one B Budak. A lot yeah. of work. Very it impressive. Was fantastic. Very it impressive. Really I was, laughed. I cried. Really was, really was amazing. And, uh, I'm going to throw back to you, Pork. With uh, can you can you please intro something that makes you mad? I'm, I'm not sure how you would put it. How would you put that? You know, there have been some things you might say have annoyed me. In fact, you might say they've ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And do you know what grinds my gears, Salzy? So you know what grinds my gears? Having people from the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks saying that Ricky Stewart's not a good coach. 
Unfreaking believable. He took their ass clown pile of idiot club, absolute breathtaking stupidity in 2008 to equal first spot on the ladder. Equal first spot on the ladder. The only thing that knocked them out again into the grand final was the salary cap cheating Melbourne Storm. And yet he's a six, he's a failure in their eyes, in spite of the fact he's got the Canberra Raiders to three prelims in the last five years and the grand final. But apparently for them, that's a failure because he didn't win the ultimate prize. Well, they grind my gears and their ass clowns. And it was everything I could do to muster my maturity. And I used it all in this one effort. So I've got none left to not get online and absolutely crow at them after their effort on Thursday night and say, Print that up on a pineapple and shove it up your ass, you absolute <laughs> ass clowns. Well, Ricky also brought Shane Flanagan to the club as well, so they should be grateful that Ricky brought in as his assistant. He brought him across from the Roosters. The, the first Cronulla, maybe first and only ever Cronulla Sutherland premiership winning coach. Oh, no, Ricky was gifted Flanagan. You know, he didn't do it himself. Flanagan came, you know, Ricky took credit for it. That, that's that's the that'll be the logic there. It's like when Parramatta fans come out and say that Ricky destroyed their club when he actually inherited a, a club there at Parramatta that was just drenched in mediocrity, cleaned out the roster and set it up for this mid-level mediocrity and raised them to a level where they can get kicked out of the finals <laughs> in week one every year. Like that's all on Ricky. Well played. You know what? That's yeah, the Ricky, less shame. That's that's the documentary I want to say see Ricky Part Three. The Parramatta years. Yeah, the projector. Uh, the projector. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And look, but not one of those players no. that was picked up by anybody else. No, I think maybe it was there was one. There was one centre. Didn't I Roberts think, go to the Dragons? Up briefly. Uh, not to, to the Storm? Didn't Roberts go to the Storm? Uh, Play 5-8? Byron Roberts. What's it, sorry? Was it Tyron no, no. Roberts? Um, the one that's um, Ben Roberts. It's so memorable where we're arguing Boys, about who he was. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stop you here with a who the fuck cares and find <laughs> some reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Well, the pain and suffering is over, and that in itself is reason to be cheerful. Yes, yeah, it is. Look, we we've all talked about how there's been like a real relief that this season's kind of over because it's just been painful. And we watched on the weekend that we had a chance to basically win that game and we would have made the finals. If we had won the game on the weekend, we would have made the finals and we got flogged. Like we had our chances. It was We had one big chance. The game would have really been close if Jack White had taken an opportunity in front of him, but I just, he just didn't see it, which unfortunately for Jack is a kind of a, you know, a reflection of his season. But um yeah, look, it is over, and that is a reason to be cheerful. Um, yeah, Matt, I'll go to you, mate. I mean, we've obviously touched on it in the previous segment, but I think the other thing to be cheerful about is some of these youngsters that are coming through and proving they can cut the mustard. Um, you know, Savage, Harley Smith Shields, Tomoko, these guys, are they're, they're proving that they're ready to step up into the void and, and pick up some slack, which is, I think, I think next year, that sort of stuff is reason to be cheerful. Yeah, well, we went... Myself, John Sharkey, when we were still friends with him, and the pork, we went out to. Uh, <laughs> we we went out to the um. Was it is it West Belconnen? Where was that? Yeah, yeah, West Belconnen Leagues Club. Yeah, and we went. And it was yeah, Raiders, after, Raiders, West Belconnen. It was yeah. after um the demoralising defeat at home to the Melbourne Storm, 
where Bailey Simonson had an absolute shocker, and I was like, I'm going to go check out these um, these young outside backs and see, you know, how they're going and who can step up. And Matt Tomoko did not stand out at all, did he? No. He had a very, very quiet no, game. No, not at all. Game. And so I was kind of like, oh, maybe he's, maybe he's not that good. But then when he actually played in first grade, he looked better than ever. And so that's an argument I've had with Schneider, I think too. that... Ma- some people step up on the big stage and with the big, big players around them. And Tomoko's well, a great and, example, but we've and, never seen it with Schneider. Yeah, well, we'll never know if, if they don't give him exactly give him a run. For sure. But I think in that reserve grade side, in that day, there was two things I really noted. When Dinamis, Louis and C.S. Oliola are on the field, the Raiders are in charge. And when they went off, the Raiders absolutely got caned by the South sides. But throughout the whole match, South knew the only danger that the Raiders were really posing was in Matt Tomoko. So every time he got the ball, there was three on him. So I think that was part of the reason why we didn't see the best of him that day, because they knew that's where the danger came from. Because subsequently we've seen him come into first grade and he's been bloody fantastic. He was. He was I'm not sure up. about the bright green headgear. No, it doesn't. I love right, it. Doesn't. I love Massive it. Stand out too much. He doesn't stand out at all. Did you hear? <laughs> I, okay, sorry. We've got to go back, and we haven't. That we have. This is a. This is the second Lucying, which. And by the way, boys, Lucying is what we have dubbed um, some of our cracking fans who come up with some cracking ideas. Now, I heard someone uh, Lucying the green headgear. And the reason they did not like the bright green headgear was because it was too bright and the opposition could see his head movements and see which way he was going to go. <laughs> the head fake. Uh, the head fake. Like he's like <laughs> bobbing and weaving. He's like got his boxing skills on, but they could see it all coming because that headgear was just too bright. That, now, the, the problem with the headgear is that you look at a Jonathan Thurston headgear or even a, a Jared Croker headgear, they look as though they've been custom made, they've been provided by the sponsor. You know, they get it one every game. They hand them out to a kid after the game. There's a quality to the headgear. Matt Tomokas looks as though he's just gone down to local rebel. And went, oh, there's, there's one that kind of looks a bit like the Raiders colour and he's, he's slapped on. Doesn't quite fit properly. When he, when he scored the try-no-try, no try, it came flying off the top of his head. The first time I saw him in it, when he when he switched from the black to the green, I thought he'd run out there in an ass clown uh, beanie from the black. Limited edition ass clown beanies. Sold out. They're all right. Sold out. I, I did notice that he wore it with an R on the front, so he's he's on team um, <laughs> team Australia. I like yeah. it. I'm with you, Pork. I, I think it's ass clown. I think it's an American term to start off with. So I'm, I'm I think. The word ass is quite happy to be ass with a a r s e, but when you put it with clown, it's got to be ass. All right, and I'll, I'll relent on that. I, I think it's ass both ways, but I, I'm I'm prepared to go for uh, well, you know a split vote t- just to, was, to bring peace. I was on your team. Pork, Pork will you take any it. support he can get. He'll take any support <laughs> he can get. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. I, I, I'm prepared to go with what you say, Salzy. Just just to bring some peace. I'm prepared to meet you there. <laughs> I was on your side, man. Okay, and speaking of uh, supporting each other, let's talk about those who support the club. Porky, who are our sponsors of the week this week that don't support us in any way but support our great club? Yeah, we just want to make sure we're not getting kickbacks from this, although we are completely open to kickbacks. So if you're out there, you want to give us kickbacks, please bring them to them. There's no mistake. We'll take your money. Um, But we want to support the sponsors that support our club and keep our money green because that's how our team goes on the field. Now, there was some good news and some bad news this week. Well, Canberra Milk, as we've already said, is not going to be our, our shirt sponsor anymore. That was a one-year deal they filled in. It was wonderful. It was fantastic to have the milk back on the milk. 
But this year we're back to a million dollar sponsor with the good people at Toyota Forklifts coming on board for our, our shirt sponsor next year. And you know what? We all need to go out there and we need to buy ourselves well, a Toyota well, forklift because you, you never know when you're going to need a forklift. What, what do you always say? Don't just buy a forklift. Buy a Toyota forklift, yep. Don't just buy the regular milk. And, and buy here, the camera oh, milk. Oh, what a feeling. That's right. <laughs> buy the camera milk, yeah. Don't do not do your tax yourself. Go to the income tax professionals. You you bingled your car? Tony Ferrugia Body Works. Club Lime. You know, this is what we want to see you doing out there. We want to see you supporting the people that are there. And, Blake, I think we can get a forklift so we possibly can clean that filthy freaking story now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe, you would not believe it until you Jordan, see it. Jordan Rapana is going to need a forklift to come up and pick all of those land speed record vouchers up at the end of the year. Yeah, right? there's 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 quite yeah. a few. There's a, there's actually there's a time limit on them, so if he doesn't get them seen, they expire. Have you timed that expiry? dollars worth for Jordan Rapana. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, uh, I think it's a lot of the players are back already. I, I, I imagine they wouldn't have been in too much of a hurry because it looked like they were having a great time up in. Uh, Sunny Queensland, much better than being in lockdown in Canberra at the moment. But why would you come back to lockdown? I would stay in Queensland. Their families are up there. I would stay up there with my family, not in lockdown, and wait for this lockdown to be over personally. And watch some quality finals football. They can sit in the stands and watch just what it's like and maybe get a hunger for it next year. But before that, let's go to Ripping In with Arnie J. G'day Raiders fans. A very disappointing end to our season, but it was about right as far as in-game statistics goes. There are 32 different team stats kept for each game and we came in the top four four times. This was conversion percentage, tackles, penalties conceded and dummy half runs. The last three I would put in the bad stats category. Other honourable mentions include sixth for missed tackles and sixth for ineffective tackles. To get back in the eight next year, there are four key areas that we need to improve on. Our right side defence, our kick return metres, line breaks and tries. Before I sign off, I want to mention player contracts as it has had a dramatic impact on teams in general and our season in particular. No player should be able to break a contract, leave early, jump on a plane and keep playing elsewhere. These players don't sign some middle manager 100K contract like you and I. They sign five, six, $700,000 contracts which teams build and plan their squad around for years. Bateman and George Williams really screwed us this year and they shouldn't be allowed to go back to the UK and keep playing. Want to leave a contract early? That's fine. Sit on the sideline for free until the contract is complete. Enjoy the off-season. A huge thanks to Blake and the Pork for creating my segment, and I look forward to crunching the numbers again for you all next year. All right, boys, it's semi-final football time. We we talk, we there's we won't go into this too much. I, I haven't really looked at the run sheet on when the games are, but we know this. We know that the storm are going to play Manly in week one. Is there a possible upset in this game? Porky, I'm going to go to you. I'll, I'll throw to you on this one, mate. I'll, I'll let you take semi-final one. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I, look, I totally think there's an upset on the cards here, simply for the fact that 
Manly can score points. But the thing is, if there's a side that knows what they're up against and knows how to fight about, they know that Tommy Turbo is the source of all power for Manly and they'll have a plan to stop it. The question is, can you stop it? Because when you go back to the other end of the spectrum, you put the Storms pack up against the Seagulls pack, it's no freaking contest. The Storm pack is better. So Manly have to go to the outside back, which is really where the Storm's weaknesses are. That's where it's going to be found. Can the Storm stop Manly, uh, stop Tommy Turbo? If they can, they'll win. Got a tip for us? Yeah, I reckon Storm by 12. Absolutely. I'll go to the uh, the first elimination game for you, Blake. You get to uh, tell us all about the Roosters and the Titans. How do you think that one's going to go? Saturday, 5.40. Uh, Roosters got a bunch of players back in that went in the team that... Um, played us last week, most notably Jared Weir, Hargreaves, and uh, Victor Radley. I think the Roosters will do it easily, to be honest with you. I think the um, Titans probably played their semi-final last week, and uh, the Roosters barely got out of you know second year against us, so I think, I think the Roosters will do it easily. The third game of the week is another top four clash. It is my mighty Penrith Panthers on that bandwagon. Let's go, Panthers, versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, Nick, I'll throw to you on that one, mate. See the Panthers fly, fly, fly up, up into, into the sky. sky. Up, up into, into the sky. sky. Up into yeah. the sky. A Latrell Mitchell. Who thought about those? Panthers flying into the sky? Oh, don't. No, there's a whole <laughs> Long story. running joke. No, <laughs> See, I actually understand most of the in-jokes because I listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't get in there, but yeah. That's because he well, doesn't do you know, know how to... Do you know I we don't even do listen to ours. I've already yeah. told you. <laughs> Every Tuesday, oh, yeah, no, we, do no, this little, we do this little podcast, yeah. Well, uh, he always, he always says, I see the tweet. I retweet the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, South's going out pretty quick in this one, I reckon, without Latrell. He's uh, he's done their season, and uh, and Uncle Wayne will will not be making a grand final this year, so Panthers will, will uh, skip the week here and go straight through, I reckon. Yeah, but what about the form of Mark Nichols? <laughs> he's on fire, mate. Former Raiders legend. <laughs> Yeah, and, and batting above, by the way, as well. Well above. <laughs> yep, and, well, the, well and the other elimination final, the Parramatta Eels versus the Newcastle Knights. Matty, that's all yours. Look, um, we'll ignore the fact that the Eels played a reserve grade side last week, but they've got lots of big ins from the week before. Um, and frankly, I think Newcastle's cannon fodder. Um, they can't score out of a wet paper bag, and I think they've been lucky the last couple of weeks to even get wins. So... Um, I reckon the Eels honestly buy as many points as they want to score, um, which is, has been their issue, but the last couple of games have been pretty hot. So I reckon the Eels get one one win here and then then they're in trouble. I reckon future Raiders immortal Mitchell Pearce is going to lead an upset here over um, over the, the luckless uh, Parramatta Eels. Not, not Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses? Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> Jack White into lock. I, I can't understand... I reckon I Jack White's a sneaky Dylan for Brown. Sorry, go ahead, Porky. What was that? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we're all no, here I can't for good understand why we're looking at Dylan Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I can't understand why we're looking at Dylan Brown. I don't understand how that fits into what it is. Now, I know he's learned how to tackle and he does run well with the ball, but what he does well, Jack does better. Yeah. So he's what younger. are we looking at him for? I he's don't younger. get That's it. About the he's got I mean, have we talked about recruitment? You know, one of the things was... this podcast. Yeah, we've done it. Let's move on. <laughs> we we sort of have. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Although I do have one more, Lucy. You actually just reminded me of something. There was a post on one of the Canberra Raiders fan pages on Facebook that was trying to stick up for um, Semi Valamai. And it was like, sure, he had a bad game. Sure, he can't catch the ball. Sure, he's found out of position at times. But he might have, but you've got to leave him alone. I'm like, man, I don't know if you're sticking up for him or putting the boot into him. So, yeah. like, it was. It was, a, it was a strange post. We, we, we haven't really talked about him that much, but I've got to say, in, in the all-time shockers, that's up with Steve Maven in the uh, 1987 semi-final against us, where he was dragged off the field after 20 minutes after he dropped the ball, I think, three times, and they led to tries. And he was actually in the pub um, having a beer before the game was over. He showered, and he'd, he'd, he'd driven to the pub. And then apparently he ran into Peter Jackson later that night. They were having a beer together. And he said to Peter Jackson, was it your plan to um, kick to me all along? And he said, no, no, you just dropped the first one, so we kept on kicking to you. Yeah. yeah so and I think that's a bit like Sammy as well. You know, once he, dropped, once he dropped one, well, just keep on kicking. He kept it. That was one of the all-time, you know, shockers. People crucify. They still talk about Jason Bulgarelli dropping mm-hmm. one ball over the try line. Well, yeah, he had a better game than that. Andrew Except- Lee with the line wide open. Yeah. Except Jason Bulgarelli was one were, of the most that... rubbish footballers to ever play for the club. Like, yeah. He was well, garbage. Every week he was garbage. I think the fact that he made that mistake is just that little ribbon on the top of the present that was the garbage that was Jason Bulgarelli's well, career. Well, the, the other problem was getting ecstasy um, mailed to the club as well. That was, In that, a little that package a... with a ribbon on top. <laughs> with a ribbon on top. <laughs> That said, and it was it was addressed to James Brow, whoever James Brow is. That was the fake name he got it sent to the club. But um, I have this theory that <laughs> certain players, once you you cross Ricky and you just totally stuff up, that you you're dead to him. He's gone and, full Edric. Yeah, and it, oh, yeah. it happened to Edric Lee. He dropped that ball against Storm. Never seen again. Um, Joey Leilua in the grand final, stuffed up. He was gone. And I actually thought it might have happened to Semi after last year in the prelim because he had a shocker against the Storm. But I think, you know, yeah, obviously he got a second a chance. Yeah. Yeah, well, he got he got a second chance, but I, I don't think he's coming back from this one. No. I mean, he's just re-signed for multiple years, but I don't see him... I mean, and that was the thing Ricky said in the press conference, I'd pick him again next week. Oh, yeah. So oh. that's... That's, that's, a, a that's an ass-clown candidate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look... And I mean, he could say... No, I, I think to, he's coming guess, back next but, year. Yeah, anyway, let's I think he's coming back next year. He might, yeah. but I'll be honest, I don't think he's um I th- don't think he's in the first grade squad. Like it's not yeah. a fully fit first grade squad. We've got a bunch of other blokes coming through and is he ahead of Bailey Simonson? Not in my not in my opinion. Is he ahead of Harley Smith Shields? Not in my opinion. Is he ahead of any of those? Is he ahead of Savage? Not in my you know, he's not Yeah. He's he's going to play New South Wales Cup. He's, he's probably exactly. third or fourth winger on the list. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. It just means he's likely to play. And we've forgotten about Hopalato as well. Mm. Yeah, probably. With you know, Hopalato got injured this season. Yeah, and no, but he got injured this year, and yeah. that's why he's been out. Before that, he was playing good football, so he's there, and he's he's a kid. He's still got a chance. Well, and he's he's, he's been resigned as well. So yeah, obviously they see something in him. Yeah, so a bit of depth in those young outside backs. So it'll be interesting to see if we do have a better 2022. But as you said, it really comes down to that one big position. Um, Look, we'll go to our community shout-out slash listener of the week this week. And this week, we have decided to give it to Benny Pollock. He's uh, gave up his time for this and, uh, you know, champion bloke. 
like you said, it's it's got to be hard. We cops a bit of criticism for being a little bit too, um, a little bit too by you know by the numbers and whatever the club says goes. But realistically, when you run an official podcast, that's the only way it can be. Um, they do get yeah. some good interviews and they get to talk to players and stuff, but you're never really going to go into the the dirt when things aren't going well. It's always looking for that positive. Um, so yeah, um, boys, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another couple of shout outs. Um, I'm not got. There was a reason I wasn't um, on last week, and it was it was a pretty shit one to be honest. I'm not going to go into it, but I will say to Bron and Casey, man, my heart is absolutely with you guys at the moment. You are absolute legends and really good friends. And I, I know you guys are going through a hard time at the moment. So look, um, a lot a lot of love and thoughts go out to you guys. And also to my mates, Bargy and Charmaine, whose wedding is coming up this weekend. I was meant to be going to it uh, uh, down in South Australia, but due to lockdown, I can't go to that. So and a lot of people can't, but I will be watching on your link and guys, all the best for the future. You are both absolute legends. Now, boys, massive. It's been a massive year. Thank you so much for coming on tonight and like having a bit of fun with us. Like we've, we've taken, we've had so much banter throughout the year, giving each other stick. And it's just, it honestly has been probably my favorite part of 2021 is having banter between the two pods. Like I had a song dedicated to me this year. How 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 amazing! <laughs> that's um that's uh that was great. So Blake, mate, you've had a great year, mate. Thank you, thank you very much for coming. Ah, on. thanks for having us on. It's you know it's 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 a pleasure, and yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. It's been uh, enjoyable. It, poor... It's a pleasure to be number three to your number one. <laughs> <laughs> and Porker, um, mate, I will say, um, I it's. I'm actually starting to worry in how much I've been agreeing with you on certain things lately. So um, I I don't know if it's just me on that Panthers bandwagon. Maybe maybe you can join me in that as well. Or maybe I'm just agreeing with you. I don't know. But um, thanks for coming on, mate. It's it's actually really much appreciated. You you take everything with good humour. You're 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 a legend. Well, I'm He's... not sure. My wife doesn't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> has, has has he sent you not some of all, the um, some of Ricky's special um, Kool Aid that that he's been drinking? Is that why you <laughs> you you're agreeing with him? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, 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 maybe no, no. And I am on the Panthers bandwagon. I am. I'm. Uh, I'm not even I'm on a the, closet I'm on the Ivan Cleary fan. Me too. Believe it or not, totally on the Seagulls. I'm on the Seagulls as well. No one's going to believe me when I say that, though. <laughs> That's who I would actually like to see go on and win it. Um, Maddie, thanks for coming on, mate. As always, been a big year. We'll be back one more week to do our uh, award show and all that kind of stuff. But thanks for coming on tonight. No worries, mate. You know I love talking footy, and it was really cool to catch up with these guys and and do something fun. Absolutely. And Nick, as always, you're a jerk, and you're pulling punks on me before the show, and I'm <laughs> don't want to borrow you. <laughs> it's been an awesome year. Thanks, thanks, boys. You know I listen to Blake and the Pork every week. It's um, you know, one of the highlights of the pod listening week. Really enjoyed it, and the banter's been awesome. We we send out send out the barbs with good humour, and, and gladly they're uh, received with good humour and sent straight back. So um, while we're all happy and friendly now, and we've we've you know enjoyed the night, round one next year, it's on, bitches. Sharky's he's already doing his preseason training. I reckon. Oh, I reckon yeah. Sharky's yeah. going to start up the seventh most popular from... Raiders podcast, I reckon. 
<laughs> We've, Matt, we know he'll be on it. Get to the first very quickly. He's Matty. upgraded from Shivs to Shanks. Oh, bring it on. I've, bring it on. I'll take him. I'm good. Shark I'm and ready. Arnie Jay. That's, that's right. The Shark and Arnie Jay with guest spot for Maddie, who goes on all the podcasts. Um, all right. So, look, a big wrap for the listeners of both podcasts. We, we've loved having you on all year. We've got, you know, we've got our awards coming up and we'll give our listener of the year on that one, which I'm actually excited to give out this year. But until next time, this has been a special crossover pod of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork and the Green Machine podcast. Until next time, go the Green Machine. Goodbye. There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the parts must come together as one. There are people hurting, oh, and it's time to make them smile for the milk, the greatest team of all. We must go on. Believing day by day That someone Somewhere will soon make a change We're all a part of The great green family And the truth You know our halfback's all we need We are the Pumps We are the Ramblers We are Talk a lot of crap Why are you listening? It's a choice you're making You're wasting your own time It's true, you talk a lot of crap Just you and me Oh, send us a half To all of us who care and our team will be stronger and free Our stick has shown us By turning pumps to stars And so we all must lend a helping hand We are the pumps We are the randoms We are the ones who talk a lot of shit It's a choice you're making You're wasting your own time It's true, we talk a lot of shit, Just you and me Well, we're down and out And there seems no hope at all 
So we must believe and stick to make the calls. Well, 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 let us realize oh, that a change can only come when we stand together as one. Yeah, 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 we are the pods. We are the ramblers. We are the ones who talk a lot of crap. Why are you listening? It's a choice you're making. You're wasting all your time. It's true, we talk a lot of crap. Just you and me. We are the pods. We are the ramblers. We are the ones who talk a lot of shit, but you're still listening. It's a choice you're making. You're wasting your own time. It's true, we talk a lot of crap, just you and me. We are the pods. We are the ramblers. We are the ones who talk a lot of shite. Why are you listening? It's a choice you're making. You're wasting all your time. It's true, we talk a lot of shite. Just you and me. We are the pods. We are the ramblers. We are the ones who talk a lot of crap. Why are you listening? It's a choice you're making. You're wasting all your time. It's true, we talk a lot of crap. It's you and me.